Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Digest Productions podcast, episode number 167. I'm your host, Josh, or Jay Maskers, joined this week by special guest August, director of Strange Films Studios. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you, Josh. I really appreciate you having me on the show. I'm very excited to talk with you. I am as well. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself, what you do? Sure. Um, yeah, so my name's August. I, uh, I'm the director of Strange Film Studios. It's a multimedia production company um, that I uh, created back in like 2016. Um, we do everything from making films, uh, doing like music projects, art projects, uh, published comic books. Um, we have our podcast that we uh, do as well. And um, we specialize a lot in the horror genre. That's kind of like what our main brand is, but we definitely Mm -hmm. don't limit ourselves to that. You know, we'll do all kinds of different genres as well, Mm -hmm. um, different kinds of projects and whatnot. So, um, but yeah, yeah, it's just my uh, production company that I've been running and um, been kind of working at that full time. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm slowly working my way towards doing something like this full time and uh, being self-employed. That's obviously the end goal. Being yeah. Much yeah, more it, uh, ideal than working for somebody else. Well, the funny thing is um, <laughs> I just uh, literally last week I put my um, uh, two-week notice in my corporate job. So mm-hmm. I am kind of – so I've got one more week of work and then I'm going to be, you know, trying to work for myself as well being self-employed and and all these things uh hustling in my own ways and whatnot but (laughs) that was kind of a a decision i had to make because i was kind of just like really uh it was hard for me to stay motivated with like strange films and and all these creative projects i'm working on and i was like really miserable with my job and i was just like feeling like i couldn't find uh the time uh for you know what i was trying to accomplish and uh, okay. I just I'm sorry, I'm getting notifications here. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I I just made the I just kind of like made the leap to go for it, and you know, there's like a part of me that's really scared and nervous about it, but another part of me that's like super motivated and exhilarated mm-hmm. to go forward. Uh, so I'm kind of having to create that pressure like on myself to kind of make sure I succeed in any way I possibly can. But yeah, it's uh, I, I think it almost feels like no one's really ready to go for it until they just try. Yeah. that That's actually the exact feeling I had when I left my last job is I, I know I was in a comfortable position. I was making good money. It was easy, relatively speaking. Um, and it was just, it was very secure and, but I was miserable. I was just so bored. I had absolutely no interest in it. And I was like, this isn't helping me in the long run. And, uh, an opportunity came along and I, I was like, you know what, this is a bit of a risk, but it's going to be worth it, I think, in the long run. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, the moving to self-employment would be ideal, like I said, but it, I can imagine it being nerve wracking because it's like, all right, if anything goes wrong, I have no one to blame but myself now. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is literally all on me. So yeah, it'd be, uh, we'll see, we'll see how things go, but yeah, no, it's, that's awesome, man. I'm glad everything's going well so far and, uh, you got some, you got some plans. So how do you, now that you're more focused on strange films, how do you, uh, how are you looking to grow that since you, it's more focused and you have a bit more time to give it attention? Yeah, it's, um, there's a number of different things. And since I do so many different platforms, um, I feel mm-hmm. like I have a lot of different opportunities to go for. So, you know, as far as like the filmmaking content goes, that's going to be able to kind of, I'll be able to focus on more better quality stuff and more rapid productions hopefully um just being able to kind of push those kinds of films out there and continue growing the audience that we've established so far um but another thing is kind of going really full uh like really full into content creating in general um on youtube and and uh social media and everything so trying to start like trying to grow my channel as as much as i can um we're monetized Mm -hmm. on our channel but you know obviously the more views and more subscribers we get uh, will be able to kind of help support me and support us as well. So trying to really push like different kinds of YouTube series and uh, continuing growing the podcast and everything like that. But since I am a videographer um, and photographer, then I'm going to be really trying to like push uh, freelancing as well with like just different clients through uh, music or small businesses or uh, mm-hmm. whatnot and, um, and try to 
you know, tap in all these different markets as well through freelancing. So, um, yeah, really mainly though, I think, um, with strange films is just like really being able to push the content in every direction through every audience I've been able to tap into so far. Um, and just kind of double down on all that and, um, try to find our way to monetize and keep growing our audience to larger scale to, which would hopefully lead to more opportunities down the road. But, um, but yeah, that's kind of the plan so far with strange films, my personal life, there's, you know, different side gigs <laughs> and stuff I got to work on to, you know, can pay the bills and all that. Yeah. I mean, in, in a similar vein, like when 2020, when I was home, uh, during all the lockdowns and stuff, I was really able to focus on like our brand and, you know, I was able to stream like eight hours a day on Twitch and I was mm-hmm. able to upload videos to to YouTube pretty regularly. And then I went back to work and it's like, oh shit, I don't, I don't have time to yeah. focus on any of this as much as I want. Yeah. It's tough, you know, like, um, working full time. I mean, you know, I'm getting up at six in the morning, uh, getting out of the door by like seven fifteen, and then coming mm-hmm. home at four and I'm a father also. So I have a, yeah. you know, he'll be two in March and, you know, kind of playing dad mode until four to like nine, 10 o'clock. And then, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as he's going to bed and I'm like, shoo, I need to, you know, I need to take a second just to even sit down for myself and breathe. Yeah. And, but by that time I'm like, well, I gotta go to bed and do it all over again. So that's like five days out of the week. So then you get two days on the weekend to really kind of go for you for what you like to do. But you also have to kind of have mm-hmm. to catch up with, you know, life and all these errands that you didn't get to do and, exactly. you know, yeah. family time, responsibilities, all these things. So really, and on top of that, resting for yourself, your own mental health and everything like that, or watch that movie you've been trying to watch for like six months, you know, like all these different things. You got like maybe eight hours to try to, you know, record and push all these things. And it's like, I just, it just didn't really make sense to me. So kind of being able to pick and choose my pockets of time and put that, you know, that eight hours I would normally go to work and apply, apply to myself and to my brand and then all these things. I think that's going to really help uh grow some of these audiences a lot quicker because i've already been doing like i kind of had to start shifting my mindset into that and pushing youtube videos um every week you know one to two videos every week uh really hyping or starting up the uh, tiktok accounts and posting reels every single day you know growing the podcast every single week and stuff like that so just being able to kind of dedicate more time to all these things and kind of have a backlog of stuff i can constantly post you know on on the daily mm-hmm. and weekly basis and even do streams like you were just mentioning like twitch and, and youtube and stuff like that i think that's going to be uh really exciting and i've got you know hopefully all these other business opportunities that i'm looking at will kind of merge into the brand as well yeah yeah it, it is interesting like i said I'm, that's where we've declined is i mean i've i've focused a lot on the podcast in particular but like the Twitch, I haven't streamed Twitch in I don't even know how long. It's been ages. And even then it was like I'd stream like once or twice. And then it was like months before that until I'd streamed again more recently. It's that's fallen off almost completely. And then uh, you know, our YouTube is is pretty dead at this point. It's been mainly the podcast. So when I go back into focusing on those, it's gonna be almost like starting from scratch. Cause I know the last time I streamed on Twitch we had just a handful of viewers. Cause I mean I the schedule was gone. I went from streaming eight hours a day, you know, five, potentially six days a week and to zero It like us from one week to the next. It, it just died off immediately. When I went back wow. to work, it completely yeah. killed it because uh, I was having to make up for all that missed time when we're off from COVID. So I was working like 65, 70 hours a week. And it's just, it's like, oh, this is just killed everything mm-hmm. outside of my work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's tough. It's tough to really commit to something like that when especially when it's like like you know you don't have that income coming from it like you would from your regular mm-hmm. job or anything like that so uh yeah totally understandable yeah we i mean we have we are monetized on youtube twitch i mean twitch we hit partner uh youtube we're partnered but uh we were at the point where it's like we had just hit it you know and so like we're making some money but it's not anything we could you know brag about by any means you know it's enough to be like all right this is cool we appreciate that everyone's doing this, but it all went right back into the content, you know, and that was, that was, I mean, that was the point from the start. I was like, anything you donate is going directly back into improving this, you know, all of the, of course. we had uh, like an Amazon uh, gift list, wish list, I think it's called, uh, where people could literally just buy the uh, products they want off of there. They could, add, they could request for me to add something onto it 
I'd add it and then they'd purchase it and it gets directly sent to me uh, without them having my address, which is the best part. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. But they'd send me all sorts of like weird food and stuff like that to eat on stream and it added a level of uh, interaction. But again, it was, you know, like 40, 45 hours a week I'm streaming. It's a full-time job. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm able to build up an audience that way as opposed to streaming three or four hours a month. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've wanted to really get into Twitch. That's something I've been really thinking about lately. And I'm trying to figure out, I don't know, I guess how to start or mm-hmm. what to do on it and all these things. Cause I know it's like, you don't have to, I mean, I know there's gaming and you can be a gamer on there, but you can kind of stream anything I think on there, but yeah. I'm not really sure exactly what my niche would be on, on Twitch. I just know I kind of want to give it a shot and kind of make that like part of the, you know, weekly or, weekly content somehow and kind mm-hmm. of try to stay consistent with that and hopefully grow an audience there as well. But I've never really had too much experience with Twitch before. I I enjoyed it. I think part of the reason why I haven't gone back as much is because I hadn't enjoyed it uh, when I revisited it after going back to work. I had, when I originally was doing it, you know, we had all the chat interaction and I was playing games that they recommended and it was a fun time. But then towards the end, even I was like getting a little burnt out because I wasn't able to enjoy the games, which is the main reason what I was. Well, I I enjoyed the chat interaction. That's what I thoroughly enjoyed the most. But I would rather sit there and chat with people and not stream the game, right? Like I'd rather right. be able to just enjoy a game separately and then just be able to chat with people. But that's not what they're there for. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I enjoyed half of it, but it ruined my other hobby, which was gaming. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that I, that makes sense. Yeah, and eight hours a day—I mean, that's a long time to do that consistently. Yeah. You know, uh, part of it was I w- if you're only streaming for like an hour a day, it's not—you're not doing anything. You're not growing your channel by doing that. You know, it, you stream by the time people show up and get invested at all, it's over. And they're like, mm-hmm. okay, well, I'll go on to something else. You know, it, it if you're streaming consistently for longer periods of time, you're giving them a wealth of content, even if they're not like thoroughly invested in it like they might type in the chat every once in a while but a lot of times people just put it on in the background and anytime something exciting would happen they'd switch back over pay attention and uh it's just a way to slowly build up an audience Hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah if you're i mean like let's let's say you're only streaming for an hour somebody might show up halfway through they get 30 minutes of content maybe and they move on right they're not going to remember you they didn't have enough of an experience with you to remember so, yeah, the consistency is part is like a main part of it, but obviously having a lengthy amount of content is useful as well. Plus, it, with what we do, it provided us a lot of content for YouTube. You know, we just take snippets, cut them down, upload them to YouTube. It was relatively easy. Um, so, yeah, not streaming has kind of hindered our YouTube as well. Right, yeah, but, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's good to know. Yeah, that's something definitely to consider if I uh, move on to that venture in the future Mm -hmm. but yeah the the whole thing for us was really getting chat interaction that was like the main thing i think that helped people stay being able to instead of just donating which is obviously helpful for us um but there's not a whole lot there for the chat right like they can submit like a two dollar donation with a message but it's a one and done sort of thing you know they get oh he read my message he responded to it whatever it's just over immediately them being able to, you know, spend like five bucks and purchase something on Amazon that they know I'm, I'm going to come back and like eat on stream or do on stream. It encourages interaction at the start because I'm reacting to them ordering it. But then also it's like, it gives them an incentive to return later on Mm, knowing that I'm going to do it. You know, it's sort of like a cycle. Plus it makes them feel more involved in the stream. Like if they like they'd ordered me a bunch of like, uh, I think they're dried crickets. Oh god. <laughs> uh, yeah. They weren't that bad actually. They they're just like crunchy nothing. Like they don't really have a flavor. They have they are flavored. They have like salt and vinegar. And I forget what the other flavors were. But you couldn't taste anything other than the seasoning. Um and uh, you know, they ordered it and I'm like, "All right, cool. This is awesome. Uh next whenever it arrives, I'll uh, I'll, you know, eat it on stream or whatever." And they came back and watched me eat it on stream. And it was a good time and it kept bringing people back. It's harder to do that on YouTube, I feel like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was doing a YouTube live show every week for 
pretty much last summer for you know 10 weeks or something like that and i was bringing guests on and i was uh you know i would interview them but i would also play like a game with them like a like take it or leave it game uh and uh you know it'd be like an hour show or whatnot um but what was cool was i was broadcasting live on youtube and facebook at the same time and i have a lot more i've got a lot more like engagement on facebook with our strange films channel um but so either way whether they're streaming on either one like the live chat was there and i could respond back to the chat and put the chats you know on the screen and everything as well so Mm -hmm. i thought that was cool because that was my favorite part of uh the streaming as well just like interacting with people like you said and and talking back and uh answering their questions or you know letting them ask uh, the guest a question as well so uh Mm -hmm. definitely can see where you're coming from with that we did i streamed on twitch and youtube at the same time like i just did a dual stream the only issue at a certain point is i think there are some restrictions if you get partnered they don't allow you to do that Mm. and that was an issue we were about to run into uh unfortunately we hit partner on twitch right as i stopped streaming essentially Oh, okay. Yeah. So I never really got to, inv- I never really got into a situation where I needed to investigate it too much. Uh, gotcha. But it, we always had way more interaction on Twitch, but we also had YouTube going on at the same time. We'd have like one or two people commenting from YouTube and all of the rest of them would be on Twitch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not really sure how that comes into play necessarily. It's not something I've looked into as much. Uh, as far as like not being allowed to broadcast on both at the same time. Um, but I think it's only if you're partnered on Twitch. If you're partnered on YouTube, I don't think it's an issue. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's not something to look into until it's a, an issue, at which point you're in a better situation, I suppose. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have. True. Uh, yeah. Uh, going back to your content specifically, you you do a lot of like no budget work that I see. Yeah, essentially. I mean, that's kind of where it was all founded from anyways. So um, that's kind of the style. And I mean, the last film I put out, it's a feature film, and I had a little bit of a budget for that one. Not a lot. I mean, it was like uh, $2,000, but it was able to, you know, rent out locations, buy necessary gear, uh, pay for actors travel and like food and all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I mean, the no budget style, you know, relatively working on, you know, only buying like props or like food or gas for someone or something like that. Like, that's kind of like the, you know, the, the status on that. But it's it's just because, you know, I don't have when I first started, I, I never had someone who was going to do it for me. So it was kind of like, OK, mm-hmm. I have to make these this project happen. And yeah. if I want to make these other films, I have to do it on my own. I've had a couple instances where I've had some producers help me out with certain things and that was that's been great but even now i still don't have like a main producer or a bigger studio that's like funding me to make these films so i have to kind of get creative of how i make them happen so uh, my biggest thing i try to do when i start a project is i write it in a way where i know i could shoot it um if it just had to be me like Mm -hmm. on set you know as my own one-man band because there's been plenty of films I've done in my uh, catalog that I've just been the one man band doing it all, you know, from lighting to audio to shooting, directing and everything. So when I write in that style um, and that intent in mind, uh, it helps me. It just makes me like get a little bit more creative with the characters and the story, not so mm-hmm. much about like the locations and like how I would shoot it. So um, it, it kind of just allows me to like go in with you know that mentality and get it done and we get creative on on the fly as we need to but i've I've been fortunate enough now where um whenever i put out like casting calls or crew calls i get a lot of people who reach out so i do kind of have a crew now and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of people who want to always help out and in nice. various ways so it's definitely grown a lot but yeah it's kind of the foundation is still there and that's kind of how i still approach these projects just because i want to make more films and i want to uh, but I don't want to like, I, I'm not going to be like unrealistic and, and write some big budget sci-fi or, you know, thing that's going to cost a lot of money and special effects or something like that. So I'll just write in a very yeah. simple way with the intent of like, well, if I had to shoot it just by myself, that's kind of how I get it done. But you have to kind of 
but you, you you force yourself to get creative of how you actually make that happen and get clever mm-hmm. with the the writing and uh characters i was gonna say too it it seems like having that as a background would help for when you do have a budget you know you have that experience kind of uh you know figuring out ways to utilize you know the no budget scenario uh if you do have a budget you can really stretch it you know as much as possible you know knowing all like the shortcuts and ways to kind of maximize the effectiveness of of what you're doing yeah i totally agree and uh people who have worked with me are they tend to get like really impressed by uh you know the way i i work on set because i mean like we'll shoot Generally, our sets are like four to six hours or the longest would be like eight, nine, maybe 10 hours or something like that. But, you know, I've shot a whole 30 minute movie almost in nine hours. And I tell people that and they're like, what? How did you do that? Like, And it's just like because I have to like, you know, I don't have time. I don't have time when it comes to like shooting. Like, okay, I have one day. I've got all these people for X amount of time. So I have to make the most of it. So I have to get this done. So it's kind of like you know, I'm not sitting here with doing take after take after take, you know, like I I do three, four takes and then, and go. And like when something happens and when there's a problem, um, that's a arising, I have to kind of quickly think on my feet, how do I solve this? You know, what's, what's the Mm -hmm. better alternative? Um, what can they do instead of this? That's going to make it work. So those are problems that, like you said, like I'm getting this experience doing now. So if I do have a bigger budget down the road, uh, I can stretch that time and that budget pretty well because I think I know how to effectively uh, utilize all those resources um, in a very quick and you know professional quality manner. And I think that kind of helped me when I worked in the news a few years ago. And that, mm-hmm. because the news is like really hustle and bustle, you know, you had like you had forty five minutes to edit like a three hour news show or something like that. You had to like throw in clips on air as they're about to get you know come to it you know you're going to breaking news and shooting footage and sending it in to the uh the producers and whatnot out in the field and just like that really quick mentality and quick quickly thinking on your feet i think that really helped me navigate when i was doing that on my own and creative productions nice yeah i don't know i i need any like live video we've done has been very very basic like we did a video where it was uh uh, conceal carry pillow which is just a infomercial parody essentially i mean that i mean it's nothing compared to like what you're doing uh but even then it's like all right what do i we came up with the idea and it's like okay what are we what are we trying to do with this like what mm-hmm. it, what do i want to spend on this even even relates back to sort of twitch where it's like what am i what amount of money am i willing to put into this you know that i think i'll at least break even with maybe and so we did we got a bought a didgeridoo for twitch Played that in stream. We got enough in donations, whatever effectively covered the cost of it. Uh, we got a shamisen, a little Japanese style guitar. Uh, effectively covered the cost of that. So I didn't really make money on a lot of these things, but it the cost is covered and it feels like it was worth it as far as entertaining people. Um, and then even nice. on YouTube. Yeah. That, I think I really uploaded that before we were even monetized, to be honest. Um, but yeah, a lot of it is going back to you know the cost in general is will I break even with this? Because I mean, I'm fine. You know, I make enough money in my career that I'm I'm very comfortable, but I don't like throwing money away <laughs> for mm-hmm. uh, a YouTube video. I'm not going to get anything from, you know, it's like, I'm not going to go out and spend $500 on props to make a dollar back on it. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, um, it's a little different. I mean, and I, and, and definitely I'm going to have to like shift the business model down the road on certain things, but you know, for these films, I mean, like whatever they like, they, all these films cost money in, in some regard. Um, even after the film is done, you know, I'm, I'm commissioning artists to make posters. I'm submitting to film festivals. Um, you know, I'm doing marketing and all these other different things for it. So there's like, there's always like a cost, whether it's a hundred dollars or $500 or, you know, like I said, my last one's $2,000 and all these things. And honestly, like I'm pretty, I don't make any money back from them. I mean, sometimes I'll sell some DVDs or I'll sell like merch, like t-shirts or posters or whatever. Um, 
and that that always helps but i i have the i have to have that mindset like right from the beginning like okay you're doing this because you love to do it and mm. you want to do it and make you know make something out of it um not because you're looking to get some sort of roi in return my roi is like getting people excited about what I do and following strange films and following my brand and, and any other project I come up with because, um, you know, right. that if they tell a friend or they share it in, in, in all these things, I'm, and I get another follower out of that. Like that is a bigger ROI for me because it's a long game for me anyways. Like I have to look at the bigger picture, um, of years of working on this and going down the road, even continuing from here, that uh, that audience is just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So no matter what I'm pushing, I'm going to have some sort of natural ROI, even you know monetary wise, uh, mm -hmm. uh, coming back from that because people are supporting my work and they have been for years. So that's and it's um that's a really tough game to play sometimes. You know, it's like because it can get discouraging and it can be frustrating, or especially if like got to hustle a little harder to make some extra money or something like that just to pay for you know this fake gun or something like yeah. that you know it's like it, it that, that stuff can be um a little discouraging even like going to conventions and i'm setting up my booth and you know the table costs 300 dollars and i get there and i set up all my stuff and it's just a bad weekend for me like you know there's everyone else is getting busy like people are looking at other things i get like 10 people on my table and one person buys something you know i made yeah. ten dollars i lost money essentially going there so but i've had great weekends where i'll go and i've sold like all my stuff on there so it just depends on mm -hmm. people and their interests and all these things and it's just been a really big learning experience um but again it's not for me like just to go into this saying i'm gonna make money off of this like this is just more like I'm going to put myself out there and establish myself and grow that brand. So one day down the road, people are going to be like, Hey, I want to, I want to support them. Like no matter what they do. Yeah. I, you mentioned like going to not have people study booth. I have personal experience with that where uh, I used to work at a university and there was a Hillary Clinton event. I don't remember what it was for, but it was a Hillary Clinton event going on near like in a couple towns over. And uh, the event, uh, whoever was in charge of like scheduling the event and everything like that was saying like, hey, she just wrote a book. Uh, can you bring some like the university bookstore was like, I was contacting like, can you bring some of her books over and have like a, a table uh, set up here so that people can buy the book if they're interested? I'm like, sure, sure. And th they got it in their minds that like, oh, we need a lot of these. And I was in charge of like purchasing everything from for the university they're like we need you to get like all these books and everything like that. I was like, okay. And they're like, we need, I forget what, like 165 or something. They ordered like 165 books. The event was for like, I don't know, 50 people, maybe 75. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Uh, I'm like, this is way too many. And we go over to like, all right, we need you to go over and, and set this up for us. So we go over, we have to go through security and everything. They're like, all right, what are you, what are you doing? We're like, yeah, we're bringing books. You know, they're setting the table up. They're like, okay. Uh, hold on. They like, right, you know, they checked through the boxes we brought with us. We had a, a little cart and everything. We were trying to load them up on. They had to go through the boxes and look through it. Like, all right, you can set it all here. So we go in, we set all these boxes up and, you know, got the whole table set up. And uh, eventually my mom manager went over with some, I forget who else went with her to uh, actually like attend the event and have the books. And uh, they got like two people, I think, bought a book and that was it yeah all like 165 <laughs> and they came back and they were so frustrated and i was just like man this is a combination of me feeling bad that you only got two people at your event but also really overestimating the effectiveness of something like this mm -hmm. so i imagine that can be like a fine line when you go to events with your table and things like that like obviously you want to plan for the event you don't want to over uh uh hype yourself i guess to you know, think like, okay, how many people are likely to attend this convention or whatever? You know, what are the odds that, you know, this many people are going to stop by? It seems like an, it'd be an interesting dynamic to get the uh, the correct amount of materials there for your, uh, your booth and trying to promote it as much as you can. I've never done it personally. 
Yeah, conventions are really interesting. Um, it depends on what kind of convention it is. You know, like mm-hmm. I've been to like regular comic conventions. You know, like um, like I've been to horror conventions. Uh, there's like regular like kind of like like events that aren't really conventions, but they're just kind of like you know you can set your table up here and you know have your stuff out and whatnot. Um, normally, what I do when I get new product is like. I, I pretty much buy bulk of like the one like like my comics books or, for example like I'll buy like fifty to hundred issues and mm-hmm. and um I kind of like that will last me for a long time because I'm not just like selling comics off the shelf like I'll I'll go mm-hmm. like take ten comics and give it to like the local comic book store and like I'll take like twenty five comics with me or you know maybe thirty comics with me to a um, convention or something and try to sell them there and you know I might mm-hmm. sell like five or ten books or something like that. Uh, people order one off online, you know, like it's just, it's not like I'm diminishing my, uh, my quantity as fast. So that one big purchase will kind of last me for a while, but yeah, these conventions, it just really depends on the location, uh, how many people usually come and yeah, you just never know. Like there's a lot people are really into like the pop culture stuff, like with anime and, um, you know, if there's celebrities there, obviously they're spending all their money on buying autographs and selfies with mm-hmm. them and stuff like that. And, and horror is like, it's a, there's a really great audience for horror, but there's also like a lot of people who are like, eh, I don't really care for horror films. So mm-hmm. like, they'll just like look at my stuff and they see all these monsters and all kinds of crazy looking images. And they're like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> and they'll walk away. But I've been a few horror conventions that's done really well. Um, you know, because everyone's there for the same thing essentially. And, yeah. so, and they love like indie, like, horror films and indie like creators so i've done really well at those kind of conventions so i i do try to be a little bit more selective of where i go um and and just you know hope for the best on certain things it's a lot of like hustle and bustle when you're there too it's like you know you're i'm standing the whole time because i don't want to sit down and look like i'm bored so i'm standing and i want to try to invite every single person that walks by to my table like hi how you doing how's you going like you enjoying the event uh Mm-hmm. Are you from around here? Can I show you like, you know, like having those conversations, it's like a sales pitch almost for every single person mm-hmm. that walks by, but not try to push like, con- like my, even then I'm not really trying to push, like buy my stuff. It's more like, Hey, at least we'll go subscribe to me on YouTube. Like that's, that's, that's always yeah. like what I'm trying to push. And you know, if I make sales in in the process, that's great too. But yeah, conventions are fun. I love doing them. Um, but they're, they're just expensive just to even get there. And then that's kind of where it's like, mm-hmm. all right, well, no matter what, at least let's try to get some more fans of our work. So. Yeah. It, like you said, it really is a sales pitch. I mean, like I have a background in sales. It's what I do for a living, you know, and it, it really is like, even for stuff that isn't going to make you money, it is important to have like that sales pitch, like people walking by your booth, you know, it's not just a matter of like, Hey, do you, I mean, obviously they're, you know, at this convention for a reason. So you can't, as people walk by, you can't necessarily be like, you, do you like horror movies? It's like, yeah, obviously they're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I can, like I said, I can kind of imagine what it would be like to have to sit there and, you know, essentially play like a, you know, a carnival game owner, you know, mm-hmm. trying to draw people in, not necessarily taunting them, but, you know, luring them in with the you know promise of grandeur. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Uh, really trying to get everyone to come in. But at the same time, it's, it's definitely out of my area of expertise as far as, you know, setting up a specific booth and, you know, what I, I'm usually reaching out to people as opposed to trying to get people to walk by me consistently. It's a very different style. It'd be interesting. I should, I should see you next time there's like a convention or something that would be relevant to our audience anywhere nearby where I live and just set up shop. That could be fun. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun to at least try, you know, especially like mm-hmm. if you have a couple things like to promote, like, you know, like a lot, of, you know, what's cool about conventions is like, there's uh, every kind of creator that you can imagine, um, mm-hmm. even if they don't even necessarily fit with the whole like scene of the convention, you know, like people like be selling like cookies or something like that. So they only have yeah. like, you know, like three flavors of cookies, but it's their they're like little small business and they want to, you know, promote it. And so like, I've seen very, very minimal tables with only like one or two things on it and just a stack of business cards or flyers. And they're just like trying to talk with people and get people to see them and all this stuff. But, um, but yeah, it's always like with those conventions and booths and stuff. Um, 
you know, it's like really kind of how your booth is set up, like how your, mm -hmm. what your display looks like. Is that going to be enough of an eye catcher for them to like yeah. want to even like kind of linger by your table? Cause that's the worst when you have someone like <laughs> walk by your table, linger, they looking at everything. I'm like, Hey, how you doing? They're just, uh -huh. and it's like, well, what do you think about this? Da, da, da. I'm like, uh -huh. And then they just like walk away and I'm like, all right, well, so, but, uh, but yeah, I actually, uh, the last year I've been working in sales too with my, my other job. So yeah. I've gained a lot of experience, um, kind of like what good. you said, where you're like, you're kind of reaching out to people versus, you know, waiting for someone to walk by. So I'm actually really excited mm -hmm. for this year when I go to conventions and kind of see if I can use some of those skills I got as a salesman myself and, uh, hopefully kind of push it a little bit towards the brand, but uh right. yeah it's, it's fun if you ever get the opportunity to try i definitely uh think it's fun to to give it a shot and just kind of see what the atmosphere is like and if you like it or not mm -hmm. i think i'd have to find someone to take with me because i in my opinion for me personally i i feel like having just me at the booth would not work well i would get distracted talking to one person and then i'm missing the opportunity to talk to anyone else going by yes. while i'm in, in that conversation Yes, it is very, I, I highly recommend bringing someone. Yeah. It's unfortunate because I've, I run into that situation a lot where someone couldn't go with me or something. So I would run the booth by myself. But that same exact thing that you just said, it's like, I'll be talking to someone and, you know, they're not even like buying anything or they're asking me questions about, mm -hmm. have I seen this movie or how, do I know this actor or something like that? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like being nice and talking. But then like I see this person next to them, like really looking at my stuff, like, looking like they they want to buy something or they're just waiting for me to talk to them and like i i like can't get out of the conversation and i'm like trying and then they walk away i'm like no come back and yeah. so it's like uh you know having someone with you can be a great balance of like talking to people and just keeping you like motivated and um company you know when i'm by myself yeah. i'm staying there for eight hours and i'm like and there's like not a lot enough traffic coming through and i'm kind of like all right maybe i should just pack the bag you know but um yeah Even it's definitely, the, it's the definitely standing worked. for eight hours thing you mentioned like standing making sure you don't look like your board slumped in a chair uh -huh. just being able to rotate and have at least one of you standing while the other takes a break yeah seems like it'd yeah. be super helpful physically <laughs> for sure even you know when you got to use the restroom or go grab yeah. something to eat or drink or something it's like that was another thing it's like i don't like to leave my booth by my by itself you know because i've got mm -hmm. hundreds or thousands of dollars on the table essentially and i don't want to like just leave that so it's kind of like getting buddies with your your neighbors on the booth side and kind of being like, Hey, you might watch my table. We're just like five minutes. I'm going to be right back. And you know, most people are cool mm -hmm. about that, but uh, yeah, definitely bring someone who's like really invested in what you do with you and see yeah. if you can, it'll, it'll just make things easier. If anything, I feel like I'd be a great wingman for these events. I'm just walking by the booths, people I know, and I'm acting like super interested conversing. Someone else walks up. I'm like, <laughs> Oh man, have you seen this stand? Like I'm just, that's my ideal scenario. There you go. I'm, then I'm only in sales mode. Like it's it's perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need someone on the team like that because uh, I've always wanted to do like numerous things where like I'd have like a team of people that come with me and like mm -hmm. ones at the booth with me, kind of getting people to the table or talking with people with me. And then I have like three people like walking the floor with flyers or stickers and stuff like that, yeah. and you know, dressing up in the cosplay or something and you know, just like handing it out, handing it out, like to everyone walking by and, <laughs> and, and, and stuff like that. And just say, Hey, go see strange films over there. You know, they're over there. They'll, they'll take care of you. So that's, yeah. uh, that's something I'd like to do down the road as well. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what I would do if I were to set up a booth. It's, it's interesting. Cause obviously I could like promote like our star content, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Something to think about in the, in the future when I have the actual time to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, as far as I was, I'm always curious, we've had, we've had a number of, you know, filmmakers and things like that on, we actually had on, uh, Rick Ives, who's, uh, also an independent filmmaker. And I talked to him a little bit about what it's like reaching out to people and connecting with, you know, actors and things like that. What is your experience like as far as connecting with other people who are looking to be in films and, you know, how do you convince them to, to join up with you? Um, I've had a really good experience with connecting to people, um, especially when it comes to actors, like honestly, right from the beginning, whenever I started posting like a short or like a cast and call for a short film, you mm -hmm. know, um, 
I, I primarily target Facebook and Facebook groups because that's yeah. just kind of where I'm most connected at. Mm-hmm. And um, we have, we're like, I'm based out in Knoxville, Tennessee. So we've got like a pretty good film community around here. There's just like, a lot of actors, a lot of indie filmmakers and whatnot. So mm-hmm. there's like a kind of already like a pool of talent waiting to kind of just like get on their next project. So when I post in Facebook groups, um, I generally have a pretty good amount of people reaching out and say or commenting saying like hey I'm, I'm available or whatnot and um with this last project i think i had over a hundred different submissions from actors alone just to want to be in this project so so like facebook and stuff like i am really confident when it comes to posting casting calls and connecting with actors uh and and i'm grateful now like that goes beyond knoxville like i have like people from atlanta and nashville and kentucky and I had people come from Texas uh, for this last project. So people are like mm-hmm. seeing our stuff and wanting to be a part of our work. And I think it's also about the way we communicate and brand ourselves. So it's, it's, we're really um, a welcoming like company. We, we, we really engage with people that we talk to and everything and make everyone who already does work with us feel very, very important. And, you know, we promote, we promote them and, and showcase them, give them shout outs and all these things. So it's like, we're really like engaging with the people that we work with. And we call everyone that we work with our strange films family, which is kind of its own little side brand that people like, like try to request to join the group and stuff. But yeah. it's uh it's cool in that sense. So really now it's like, I just try to reach out to um, people who I find interesting or people who I think, I could be a great collaboration with and and really that first conversation is just kind of like hey you know i'm a filmmaker i here's my you know this is strange films and this is what i do i really like what you're doing i think you're doing great things you know is there uh i'd love to communicate with you more about possibly collaborating or working together at some point if you want to check out my work here it is uh you know so that's kind of like those conversations now trying to connect with people i don't know or not necessarily so much for casting um, and, and the other whole like, uh, side of the coin would be now I'm trying to bring as much value as I possibly can to everyone outside of actors or other mm-hmm. filmmakers or content creators, just like everyone in general about life and about creating and, um, you know, doing what you love or especially indie filmmaking, uh, you know, people who are aspiring to be filmmakers or first time filmmakers, so like having those kinds of like open conversations and I'm posting them constantly on like social media, I think people are just kind of naturally like, Hey, this guy's like, this guy seems really nice. They're, they're doing cool things. And we're, you know, he seems like he really wants to help people. I, and, and I think that's been really helpful uh, just getting the amount of connections we have and moving forward with new ones. Yeah. I think you, you said like being helpful, I think is a huge thing. I think that's, helped me a lot uh as far as connecting with people for podcasts and content creation has been you know i i do a lot of work behind the scenes with you know like content creators helping them get their websites set up that's a big part of what Tetris productions is uh even though it's not really forward facing you know reaching out to people on the smaller subreddits and things where it's like youtube startups small podcasters small youtubers you know twitch startups whatever you know reaching out to them like i'll see people posting questions like how do i you know get this to work how do i start a stream how do i start a podcast how do i get more views on youtube you know i know i had a conversation it was a very brief one but just a couple of days ago with somebody where they were asking like you know this person you know is uploading it was they were uploading like uh youtube shorts for the last of us from the video game and like why is this person getting more views than my content and, you know, I forget how they phrased it, but essentially I was like, you know, it depends on the, the tags they use, keywords, Last of Us is popular right now, so it's super relevant. Um, I guess by the time this episode comes out, that the show might be, a season one might be over even. Um, but yeah, I was like, it, it, there's a lot that goes into it, you know, SEO and everything, SEO-wise and everything like that. Uh, you can't just upload something and expect it to take off just because of the name you give it. You know, it giving people that information you know i reached out in, in reddit and i was talking i was like these are ways you can improve seo these are all of the factors that go into your seo score uh you know it's the tags the keywords you know even the title you give it 
uh, the description, if you have keywords in the description, and then even the name of the file when you upload it is important and mm-hmm. all sorts of backend stuff. And just giving that information to these people, like I got good responses to that. People are like, thanks, this is actually helpful. I was like, yeah, you know, it, it's a great way to get your foot in the door with people is providing information that can help them, you know, essentially like free of charge, so to speak. You know, just being forthcoming with stuff is super helpful connecting with people because then they, you know, it adds that layer of trust. You know, you've you've given them a handout and, you know, it's kind of a weird way to put it, but a polite way, uh, way to put it. You've given them help, you know, and they didn't ask for you to, to do it. Yeah. And it adds that layer of trust for future contact as well. For sure. Um, yeah, because I get a lot of people who reach out to me and, um, you know, like, hey, how do you find casting or how do you like do this with your, you know, movies or like, you know, what do you mm-hmm. on? Like just all those like random, like basic questions and, and really beginner questions, like kind of what you were just mentioning. And, yeah. you know, I don't care who it is. They can message me and I'll I'll answer it and I'll kind of just tell them my experience of how I did it or what I think you really the bare bone necessities that you need when it comes to like filmmaking or you know stuff like that and I'll and even if mm-hmm. I have a reference like a, a referral to like you know people will look for like graphic artists or something like that and I've worked with tons of different artists so I'm like hey well let yeah. me let me uh, point you in the right direction with this guy over here and, exactly yeah. and, and stuff like that so like you know those are all just like you said things to build trust with people and and it really does mean a lot for these uh, for anybody. So, um, I think that's, that has helped us, um, a lot with just bringing on people and, um, people we've worked with cause they, they, they tend to share our stuff a lot more and, and, you know, say really nice things about us, which is always great. Yeah. It, like I said, like I, I used to work with somebody that was an act, uh, an aspiring actress, so to speak. I don't know if, what she's doing anymore. I haven't talked to her in years. Um, but yeah, it, it was one of those things where she was working with a, like a YouTube channel, essentially. You know, they they filmed like a, she worked on like a Christmas short. And uh, I was like, oh, that's cool. And like, I remembered that. And a number of years later, I was like, I'm going to reach out and see if these people want to collaborate on something. And uh, and they said no. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, even still, I was like, yeah, I know this person, you know. It, yeah. It, it was something I used as a way and they, they responded. They were very polite. I don't want to put them down or anything, but they were like, Oh yeah, you know, we appreciate you reaching out. Yeah. It's cool that you know her. Um, but yeah, we're not really interested in working together right now, but it's like, keep us in mind for, for the future references. Like, okay. But just having that foot in the door and then, uh, you know, I was able to communicate with them because, you know, she worked well with them and she had information on what they were interested in doing. It was a yeah, super, it's, it's, I don't know. It's super helpful having that networking going on uh, with different people. Like, like you mentioned, like artists, you know, that was a big thing for us. We had like people working on posters and designs for us and then being able to refer other people to them, help them with their business, getting them, you know, more, more customers. It helps us for the future. If I need more artwork done, I can reach out to them and they'll make more of an effort to get it done and over to me uh, because yeah. they know I'm a return customer for one. And also because I'm happy to drive more business to them yeah for sure yeah i i remember in college when uh they were talking to me about you're talking our class about you know things that are going to be beneficial for you know getting work in the video or film industry or whatever we're doing as uh you know networking you know it's about people you know and people will always Mm -hmm. say like it's about who you know and and it's like i have found that to be more true over the years um and in all kinds of regards, very, you know, big opportunities to very small opportunities or, and if it's not any, not even just like helping other people, uh, cause I do know a lot of different people that can help with a lot of different things. But for myself, like where I've kind of established myself in these, in these, uh, communities, like, um, I, I'll find like a mutual friend of someone I've already worked with and they'll point me in the right direction to like help out with, you know, distribution for my films or like for another podcast or uh for additional merch you know different kinds of merchandise and i've not tapped into before or stuff like that so uh i've been granted a lot of different opportunities just by being who i am and connecting with all these people because they know even more people and that's just uh it's it's really cool to kind of like you said just build that network and you see someone that you're personally friends with knows and you can be like reach out like hey i know you 
I've worked with so-and-so and uh, I think you're great, you know, cause is there any way we can talk about this or that? So uh, I, I tend to kind of be on the lookout even more for those opportunities as well. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Networking is so important. Like I, I feel like there's, there are certain skills you just don't learn in school that are super important that they just kind of gloss out. Like taxes is one that I think of. We didn't learn how to do taxes in school. Oh, yeah. Obviously that's incredibly important. Not that it, for most people, I don't think it's super difficult. Uh, you know, if, if you're, if you don't have a lot of investments going on or whatever, like it, it's, you're just literally taking care of like your W2 essentially. It's not overly complicated. Um, but it can be if you don't know what to do, you know, if you, you're just starting, you know, you just, you're 18, you just start a first job or something. You know, now all of a sudden you're doing your taxes. You don't have someone there guiding you through it. I can, I can understand why it'd be daunting. Um, you know, like taxes was one, you know, how to write a good resume was one that took me forever to learn. I was fortunate in that I just had jobs lined up, uh, you know, when I was growing up, but learning how to write a good resume, learning how to apply for jobs effectively was another thing that like, we didn't really learn a whole lot of, um, like networking was a huge one. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of like super important life skills are just kind of glossed over. Like looking back to me, it was like the whole purpose of me going to school was to learn how to pass classes as opposed to learning actual skills in mm-hmm. a lot of these instances. I don't know. Yeah. That's so true, man. I, Cause I still struggle <laughs> with resumes and, <laughs> Uh, I mean, taxes, I dread more than anything. Like, yeah, it's like there's all these different things that real life scenarios and and situations that you just, you know, you don't find out that's actually difficult until you're out of school. And you're like, what was I even doing in school? You know, I'm learning stuff that is not really applying to me now, besides obviously like technical stuff for me. But um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, I I definitely think there should be a course like right out of high school to like, hey. These are some real life things that you're going to face in the next few years. Let's uh, let's buckle you down and, and you know give you a crash course on kind of how to approach them. So, I even in college I took a public speaking course my first semester of college, and I didn't find it super helpful. It was literally the entire course was here's a topic we want you to talk about. You know, spend some time figuring out like like I'll give an example like the first thing we had to do like third day of class maybe was tell, talk to us about like what you did over the summer, right? Mm-hmm. And we'd get up there and we'd just talk about it. And it was just that. It was like, here's a vague, you know, open-ended sort of topic. Pick something to talk about and then talk about it in front of the class. That was the entire class. I don't feel like that was super helpful because it's like, it, it's not public speaking if you're talking to the same people every time. Mm, you're just getting yeah. used to the same audience. Like that's like, family gatherings like if i'm meeting some family members for the first time it might be a little weird but then if i see them two or three more times it's like okay i know this person right yeah I've, i'm so i'm perfectly fine talking to them I, I feel like public speaking should be more of like as a course should be here's how you talk to people you don't know in like a quote-unquote intense environment i don't know strenuous environment like people even going back sort of like to the resume thing writing good resume like there's a certain skill associated with making yourself look good and then being able to sell yourself essentially to Mm -hmm. prospective employers. You know, I can, you can hire people to write a good resume for you. You know, it costs some money, but you can do that. It's easy. They'll write up a fancy resume and make you look fantastic. But then if you get into that, you know, if you get into that meeting uh, in the interview with people and you have no idea how to communicate effectively with them, you know, it puts that sense of doubt in their mind. Like, is this person really as good as what their resume makes them out to be? Yeah. Or are they just yeah. good at talking themselves up and on paper? Yeah, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, ended, I ended up... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, regarding the public speaking, I was a speech minor, so we had to do public speaking, but we also had to do like interpersonal communications, communication theory, you know, family communication, all these different things. So that mm-hmm. that itself was like a really like having all those classes kind of linked together was like able to really kind of figure out how to talk with people. That's kind of what helped, helped me get out of my shell uh, mm-hmm. and be, be like extroverted when I need to and talk to people I don't know or speak 
speak in front of like 50 people I don't know if I need to and stuff like that I think to me and it might this this could be for people in general I don't know from in my personal experience the one area where I still struggle to talk to people uh, in public is on things I have you know I'm not interested in or I don't know anything about which I think like I said a lot of people might struggle on that because if it's something I'm passionate about I have no problem I don't care who I'm talking to I can I can talk I can at least hold the conversation as long as I need to, uh, you know, it, like even with work, like, uh, when I was, you know, working in advertising, it was as long as it's something I'm knowledgeable about, I can at least communicate effectively and, you know, keep a conversation flowing long enough to keep drawing their attention back to it. But if I don't know what I'm talking about to an extent where it's like, I literally have no idea what it is I'm supposed to be talking on <laughs> or I'm completely disinterested in it, I'll struggle to communicate. Because it's like, I'm not interested in this conversation. They're not interested in the conversation. And the back of my mind is like, how long until I can just get out of this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. They, there was a thing. They, uh, I worked at uh, like a newspaper, essentially. And they're like, all right, we're going to focus on uh, front page stickers, like putting stickers on the front of the paper. And I'm like, this is the dumbest product I can think <laughs> of right now. I was like, it's just, this is not a worthwhile thing. So I'm disinterested in it. I don't care. And uh, they want us to go out and, and sell these to people. And I'm like, oh, my God. So I go out. Every conversation was that same thing. They're like, you know, what are some of the benefits of this? I'm like, I <laughs> like I it's it's a sticker on the front of the paper. I'm like, I part of it was, too, is because I don't feel like trying to trick people into buying a product. I have no faith in. Like, I, I guess that's part of it as well. Yeah. Um. If I like when I would go out, even when I first started in sales, you know, I focused on digital advertising. It was I didn't know everything I needed to know to communicate effectively as far as like how it would benefit them the most. But I could at least hold a conversation like, yeah, no, this is definitely worthwhile. It's digital advertising. You know, as a small business, you're competing with any other company that has a website online. You know, it at least it was something I was interested in at the very least. But man, if it's like a sticker on a magazine i'm like oh my god i can't i can't think of any way i can possibly get invested in this (laughs) yeah no that totally makes sense i mean that part of my previous sales position was like i i i'm not passionate enough about the products and that made Mm -hmm. it hard for me to upsell things and you know sell products that i was kind of like like I knew they were great products, but it's just like, for me, I'm not excited about them. So it was hard for me to like show that excitement with it, you know? And it's yeah. just kind of like hoping for the best almost. And I was, <laughs> that was kind of a big red flag where it was like, yeah, I shouldn't be in this, you know, like mm-hmm. this is not like, what is, what's my benefit for myself to do this? And I was like, I'm not bringing any additional value to the company as well. You know, I'd rather yeah. bring value as much as I can. And this just isn't, this isn't that. It. So it's kind of like, uh, yeah, when you when you're definitely not passionate or excited about something, it is hard to like maintain that communication or you know driving force of like why it's worth you know talking or trying to sell the product in, in general. Yeah, I think that's where you can shine is like I said, at your, like your booths or anytime you're trying to you know promote your your films or anything like that that you're working on. If you're passionate about it, at least you, the other person is gonna know. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, you're, sure. you're able to sit there and be like, oh, let me tell you about this that I'm working on. I got this going on. You know, this is why I'm really excited about this. It's it's so much easier to carry a conversation. There's no awkwardness on your own end as far as having to come up with reasons to talk about it. Um, but that again, that's a skill a lot of people don't have. I feel mm-hmm. like even if they are passionate about something, it can be hard to, you know, maybe they're just they're intimidated by having to talk to strangers. Cause I mean, that's some, an issue we run into with a couple of guests on the show, even, you know, they, they're passionate about what they're doing, but then, you know, they get start, people start asking, like I'm asking them questions about it. And all of a sudden they're, they feel backed into a corner, maybe like, Oh, I, you know, I, I just want to, you know, work on this project. I didn't know what people are going to be asking me about it. <laughs> mm, yeah. 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 And I mean, and a lot of people are introverted and stuff like that too. Mm. And like you said, they, like if they don't get the experience early on or practice that communication in general, uh, then yeah, it's definitely gonna be harder to, to have those, you know, you know, peel the layers back of all 
any kind of topic, you know, kind of discussion with anybody. So uh, podcasting mm-hmm. helps a lot too. You know, you get practice with it talking does. with all kinds of people, uh, people you don't know and, and all these things and, and asking all kinds of questions and then reeling off the answers that they got and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So that podcasting is a very good exercise of trying to just be able to discuss multiple topics and talking with new people. I tell people all the time that one of the main reasons we have a, an audio podcast as opposed to a video is because I feel like it just makes it so much easier for people to get comfortable on it. Uh, there's that certain anonymity of not having your face associated mm-hmm. with it mm-hmm. makes it a lot easier to talk. Even like I said, like I use my, my first name on here and a lot, most people that come on use their, their actual like first name. Uh, but it's like, nobody's going to come on the show and be like, Oh, that's Josh. I know exactly who it is. Right. Yeah. You know, you know it, it's like there's so many people with the same name. Nobody's going to pick you out. Like, there's no reason to be nervous about, you know, whatever. So I think yeah. that level of anonymity helps with a lot of people coming on as opposed to a video where it's like there's no denying this. You know, it, you're just putting yourself out there. Um, I don't know. I feel like it can help people be comfortable on the show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask since we are pushing a little over an hour here. Uh, before we wrap, what advice would you have for people looking to get started making content? You know, maybe focusing on like the no budget side of things. How do they? How would you recommend people get started as far as figuring out how to, you know, work without a budget and making the most of things? Yeah, um, the biggest advice I can possibly give to people when it comes to new uh, or like beca- like wanting to aspire to be a filmmaker, no budget filmmaking, or even content creation in general is it's best to just start in any capacity. Um, you know, especially when it comes to filmmaking, you have so many free tools, resources that you can use. Um, you know, YouTube is your best friend. You can literally watch any video on any topic to learn how to do anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you don't need some high expensive gear, uh, to get going. You can literally shoot on your phone if you had to, uh, but you can pick up a really budget friendly camera, a decent mic, you know, when it comes to casting, if you if you do have some sort of local film community um, or people that you know who might be good at acting or, you know, the, or even using your friends or family just to start, you know, those are all really simple things you can do to just get going. And then when it comes to writing, just keep it simple. Write what you know, write in a location that you have access to, keep it very short and sweet and just go in that regard. Um, and then don't overthink the process because overthinking and trying to make it perfect or make it look like it's Hollywood or something like that is just going to, you know, be, uh, it's going to be a really big challenge. It can be very stressful and all these things. So, um, you know, content creating in general, like the other biggest piece of advice is just be yourself, you know, be mm-hmm. like uniquely you because you have wonderful qualities about you. And if you're passionate about something, whether it's cooking or video games or, filmmaking or just you know whatever like you can there's i mean you can type in anything on youtube and people are talking about that same thing and people Mm -hmm. watch that because they like the person that's on you know screen talking about it so if you have something of value that you can talk about or something of value that you like to do um and you don't mind or you want to like show yourself and kind of put yourself out there then the best way to do is just like hit record and talk about it and do it and it doesn't have to be perfect you know you can start slow and work your way up to getting better and getting more comfortable and things like that and if if you stay consistent enough enough and post enough you know people are going to start naturally like kind of watching and finding you and liking who you are and want to follow along your journey so just be you be like proud of who you are and unique um and follow what you like and what you love and and go for it just keep it simple and just and just try you know i have been doing these videos on youtube where it's geared towards like aspiring filmmakers um or you know who's working on their first project or something like that and like the first two videos i've put out so far is one is like five things i've learned as a director and that's kind of like breaking down like just like really important topics i think that you should know kind of going into uh, filmmaking in general and then the mm-hmm. other one is kind of like why do you even want to be a filmmaker because yeah. do you want to just do it just because it's cool like do you want to um you know do it because you think you're gonna get rich or famous or do you just like love it so much that you don't care what the results are you know <laughs> so um so it's uh you know i'm trying to i'm trying to 
bring extra value in having these conversations to people. So I definitely hope that if anyone listening, like whether it's film or not, like they're just looking to get, um, try something. I just, I just say recommend it and, and just go for it because yeah. there's so many platforms now you can just like put yourself out there and it's really about, I mean, we're in the best time to do that now, you know? So, um, right. yeah, I just say, go for it. Be yourself. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I, I'd also add, make sure you're not putting yourself in a bad position if you do so. Like I've seen people with regard to like Twitch in particular, where they've quit their job to try and do Twitch full time and it mm-hmm. doesn't work out. I'm like, don't, don't be stupid about it. Yeah. That's definitely like, that's definitely a, hopefully a common sense for people. Like, yeah. like don't put all your cards in, you know, the basket, like without any sort of backup plan or, or like, mm-hmm. you know, like, like, Go for go for what you love, but like especially if you're just now doing it for the first time, like you know, do it as a hobby. You know, do it as mm-hmm. something that you you can spend and dedicate an extra hour to a week doing. Yeah. You know, um, and go for it because, yeah, if you're just like, yeah, you know what, I've never tried this YouTube thing or Twitch thing. <laughs> um, I've never tried making anything, but I think it sounds cool, and I see other people doing it. I'm gonna do it and quit my job. Like, I, well, yeah. hold on, hold on. So. Um, yeah, just, uh, get, get your experience first and, and cause you may not even like it after a while. You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. It's like, you just, it, cause it's, it does take a lot of work, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of dedication, a lot of time and, and energy and stuff. And, you know, it, it's a, it's, it's a, I mean, you got it almost treat like a small business and it's just, yeah. you're, you're the boss and you have to take care of every little part, um, and you know, aspect of it. So if it, a lot of people don't have that in them to do all those things. But if you do have it, uh, good for you and just keep going with it and just, you know, um, you never know what can happen out of it. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Well, why don't you tell people where they can go to check out all of your content? Yeah. Um, so if you go to strangefilmstudios.com, that's our website. You can see all of our films on there for free. Um, you, you can see like, all the different things we do, our podcasts, like our merch and, um, you know, our stories and other shows we've been on and all that stuff. Uh, on YouTube and Instagram, Facebook, Strange Film Studios, if you just type that in, you'll find us. Uh, like I said, we, we do a lot more than just films, so there's all kinds of different content on there. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we're on Twitter at Strange Films Pod because I couldn't do Strange Film Studios. Exactly what we are on Twitter, too. Yeah, oh, yeah? Pod. Yeah. yeah, I was like, ah, I was like, it's too long. Strange Film Studios was too long. I couldn't do Strange Films. And I was like, <laughs> eh, well, Strange Films Pod, because <laughs> we got the podcast. So Strange Films Podcast, it's on Spotify and Apple and Google, all that good stuff. So, uh, yeah, check us out. Um, you know, subscribe and I hope you enjoy. And, and to anyone who is remotely interested in what we do, like, I'm really easy to get a hold of through social media and stuff. So if you all, if you, if anyone ever wants to reach out and, you know, have questions or just say hi, you know, like I'm always like really excited about talking with new people. Um, but yeah, Strange Film Studios, um, we've got the very distinct logo. Can't miss it. Awesome. And everyone go check out Productions.live. It's got links to all of our stuff on there. I'm in the process of, well, by the time this episode comes out, I'll probably be done, but I've been in the process of uh, updating that and making it look nice and fancy and new. So hopefully people like it. August, thank you again for coming on. Really appreciate it. I had a fun time chatting. Yeah, I appreciate you, Josh. Thanks for having me on. It's, it's been great. Thank you. Awesome. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you all next time. Bye.